You're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. I am Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills, and with me as always is Pastor Mark Berkshire with Meadow Run Community Church in Ohio, Powell, Pennsylvania. And we're, well, first let me say this, uh, there's people outside cutting my lawn right now, and every time they go by the door window, my puppy goes crazy, so I'll try to mute him, but you may hear him a lot in the background, but other than that... <laughs> Uh, we're going to start like we usually do. There he goes. Um, with what are you preaching on? So, Mark, what are you preaching on on Sunday? We're finishing up our study in the book of Second Peter. We're in chapter three, and we're going to be talking a lot about um, the day of the Lord and how it's not a 24-hour period. The day of the Lord is not talking about one day. It's talking about a time period. So God's final judgment on the earth and how it's all going to end and how we should be excited for that. As Peter says, looking forward to the day of God and not be nervous and afraid of the day. All right. And we are preaching on false teachers. <laughs> which is the topic that we're going to be talking about today um, and the importance of the thing, most prevalent thing that God gives us in order to refute false teachers is the truth of his word. And it is the least used resource in the church today. And I'm going to try not to hammer on that because a lot of people have been getting upset uh, for me for pushing like, Hey, uh, read the Bible. Re if you call yourself a Christian, read the Bible, uh, but we'll get into that. So uh, false teachers, false preaching. And when we talk about this, um, when we were talking about this the last time before we did the last podcast, um, we brought up the topic of AI mm -hmm. and its use. Uh, so I want to jump into that first because I see more and more, I'm not trying to hate on them, but I see more and more pastors that will post online and say, oh, this is great. This AI app just wrote my whole sermon for me or this or this AI app just did my Bible study. And I've seen the debate, sometimes argument about pros and cons of that. Um, it does, is that. Does that come under the umbrella or do you think that comes under the umbrella of false teaching if you're having an automated program? Uh, kind of write your sermon for you? That's an interesting question. Um, I would say it has to come under it somehow, because if you're not letting the Holy Spirit guide you through your, your message as you're preparing it, then how do you expect the Holy Spirit to guide you through presenting it to the congregation? I would agree 100% because I, 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 I would try to explain this and maybe the way I type it out in the comments, things don't come across that if it's not the Holy Spirit leading it, 
then you can't say it's of God. And you can't say this is what God has for this congregation right now or today. The only thing you can say is, here is what whoever wrote this program has. And if they're not a Christian, then why would I even care what they want to say or how they're going to generate this or an algorithm they wrote? If it's not Holy Spirit driven, then it's 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 not the word of God. And it's not to to hate on them, but it's like you're not giving your people the word of God. Just because it's Bible verses that's being used doesn't mean it's a message from the word of God. And I would say that is the difference between a called pastor and a career pastor. Yep. Keep going. <laughs> because a called pastor is always trying to hear from the Holy Spirit, hear from God, uh, what God is putting on our heart to share. A career pastor is only concerned about, and I shouldn't say all of them, but most of them, are only concerned about bringing people in and putting them in the seat. And that's not what ministry is about. Ministry is not about filling the church. Now, we promote things and we do things to try to bring people in, like we're having back to church Sunday in September, and I'm promoting it where whoever brings the most people, most visitors that day gets to throw a pie in my face. And they're all looking at that and they're, you know, all excited about that. But it's not about filling the seats. It's about presenting the message that we are going to present that day of salvation, of, of godly living, of, of living your life as a true follower of Jesus and not just saying that you are. Side note, what happens if Dawn is the one who brings the most people? <laughs> I've already told her she's not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I told Don because Don could just invite my family and have the most people there because I'm one of seven kids. <laughs> All right. So, so false teachers, um, and, and this is a, an, another distinction that people need to talk about. Um, uh, and I had someone ask me this and I shared my perspective, but I'll throw it to you to hear your feedback. What is the difference between, Hey, this is a false teaching and this thing being just a um, a theological difference between like denominations or between the way people understand it. So, uh, and, and I would say this um, first, anything that goes against the Bible, anything that goes against God's word is a false teaching. Okay. So we can all have, there's all kinds of different theologies out there nominations that have their own way of thinking once saved always saved falling from grace uh you have to speak in tongues you know that's the only way you're going to be saved you have to be baptized immediately after your your conversion or it doesn't count those are all things that are 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 misunderstood in a lot of times they're not necessarily a salvation issue. 
And that is the key. If they're preaching any other salvation other than Jesus Christ alone, it's a false teaching. Yeah, and I, I said exactly that. If it contradicts the Bible, uh, um, it's a false teaching. If it goes against anything in the scriptures, it's a, it's a false teaching. Um, and there are those theological differences that people are going to have. Well, many of the things that you mentioned. Um, so when it comes to false teaching, why do you think people stay under false teachers? And I'm hesitant to throw out some of the big name people that people claim are false teachers, because some of them I agree with and some of them I don't. So we'll just refrain from throwing out names because then people, you know, but why do you think people stay under obvious false teachings and i don't have an example of an obvious uh oh yeah i do uh people who claim to be christians pastors but that claim all of the religions all lead to heaven they're 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 all the same or people that claim that we're all doesn't matter if you're sinner saint doesn't matter uh we're all going to end up in heaven um what's his name rob bell who wrote the book love wins that made that problem Uh, so all of those things that 100%, not just in some obscure part, but con- uh, contradict throughout Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament. I mean, it just contradicts in so many places. There are things that say the opposite of that. But yet people still will stay under those teachers and believe those things. Why do you think? I mean, I, I think it's because there's enough truth. They're sharing enough truth to get you hooked that you bypass some of the other things. Satan doesn't just come out and say, hey, I'm going to give you all false teachings. He's going to blend it with truth. He's going to blend it with with things that sound good, they sound right. I mean, you know... I'm I'm doing this study on on Second Peter chapter three. In this in chapter three, I forget what verse it is, uh, but but Peter says God's desire is that none perish, but all have eternal life. But right there, that's saying God doesn't want anybody to go to hell, so He's not going to let anybody go to hell because that's His desire is for none of us to perish. And yes, it is his desire for none of us to perish, none of us to be lost, but we still have free will to make the choice to either follow God or not. That statement doesn't mean that everyone's going to heaven. That statement means that is his desire. That was the way he created us, was that none of us were to fall and go to hell. Hell was created for Satan and the fallen angels. And because of man's sin, it has opened it up to anyone who disobeys and doesn't follow God's way. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he puts just a little bit of enough in there. But I guess my my concern is, so even with that little bit, when someone comes with the truth, and says, hey, I mean, and 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 does what you just did, explains, oh, that's twisting it. 
Hold on, my phone is ringing now. <laughs> There's all these noises in the background. And 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 twist it when someone comes with the truth, the people who have accepted it, they'll they'll refute that little bit instead of saying, "Oh, I see your 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 truth." In other words, they'll they'll go like hard to the wall to defend that false truth. It's because Satan puts blinders on them. Hmm. It's a spiritual battle. I mean, that's what we we need to remember as, as true believers. We are in an everyday battle for Christ. You know, it's not a Paul says it's not flesh and blood, that it's it's a battle of the spirit. And because that battle is going on, Satan is going to blind those that that really, how do I want to put it? He's going to keep the blinders on until Christ comes in and says, I've had enough, the blinders are going to come off. Mm -hmm. Eventually, those blinders will come off if they get into the word of God themselves and start looking at this. I tell my congregation all the time, don't take my word for it. Get into the Bible, read it for yourself. If you disagree with it, let's talk about it. Let's see, maybe I am wrong on something. And then we can discuss it and we can look at it. It does no good for anyone to get into an argument, a full-blown, drag-out argument about the Word of God. Yeah, It just doesn't uh, do anybody any good. It, it doesn't, but wow. I thought, I thought, like, politics was was people would divide but people will fight to the death to defend their false truth um hands hands down um but you're right i think it it doesn't make it doesn't help to have that argument and i will tell i tell like you said i tell my congregation the same thing that hey you know what don't just take my word for it uh because i'm human and i make mistakes just go look it up for yourself but also um we can't just depend on what we hear on Sunday, as we have said multiple times. You need to be in, in, in the word regularly. If you can't do daily, if you can't do, you know, whatever, just spend some time reading God's word so that you know the truth. Uh, now, here's here's the thing I want to ask. So, what are some of the best verses that people can use to kind of like talk about false teaching out there? And I know you're in Second Peter, which is heavily. Yeah, Second Peter uh, chapter two talks all about false teachers um, and why we shouldn't follow false teachers. Um, Jude is another one. The book of Jude uh, talks about false teachers. Um, Timothy, Paul talks to Timothy about false teachers. Paul talks to the Corinthians about false teachers in, in, the, in the book of 1 Corinthians. There, there's so many scriptures that are out there. But if you don't know your Bible, then it doesn't do us any good to tell you these scriptures if you're not going to go look them up. So, you know, that, that's the thing that I, I get most frustrated about. People ask me the same thing that you asked. Well, what are some good scriptures I can share? And I will share some of those scriptures, 
like Second Peter or Second Peter two, where where Peter tells us to be aware of these false teachers, that they they come in and they bring compromising things into the church. Remember Balaam in the Old Testament. Balaam was a, a prophet of God, although not a very good one. He was a prophet of God, nonetheless. He said things that were that God wanted him to say, but he still felt followed the gods and the idols of the king of Moab. And he led Israel into that destructive mindset. And so, I mean, we can, we can sit and talk about scriptures all day, but if you don't understand, somebody's going to ask you, well, what does that mean? Well, if you know the scripture and the reference, but you don't know what it means, then you're not going to be effective in arguing your point. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. And I think it's funny that you bring up Balaam because... Um... In the book of Deuteronomy, Moses tells the people, or God tells Moses, tell the people, hey, um, false prophet is to be put to death. They say anything yeah. that's contrary to what I say, put them to death. And then when you read that account in the book of was Numbers, I think where Balaam is, num when you read that account, it kind of ends, but then many chapters later, and I forget what chapter and verse it is, it says the Israelites put Balaam to death. They killed yeah. him. <laughs> they yeah. killed him because he was a false prophet. Um, so I think, and I'm not, I'm not advocating anyone go out and take anyone's life. That's God's job, not ours. Um, but we are supposed to be separate from, put away from, and not have anything to do with uh, all of these false teachers. And I yeah. think it's interesting because it's not just coming from the pulpit. It's also people in the pews that are preaching falsehood in Mark chapter one. And I forget what verses as well. Uh, it talks about the fact that in the synagogue, there was a man possessed by a demon. He was a part of the synagogue. He was sitting in the pews with everybody else clapping, singing, eating the potato salad at the picnics. Yeah. And when, you know, Jesus showed up, uh, Jesus called him out on it. So, there are false teachers in the pulpits. There are false, for lack of a better term, I call them fake church gangsters sitting in the pews. All of these people who, um, and I think one of the, all of those are great books. I usually tell people start with Jude because it's short. It's one chapter, 20 some odd verses. Yeah. Where Jude starts out saying, hey, I'm the brother of uh, James and, and, I want to write to you about salvation because that's important. But instead, I think it's more important that I write to you about the false preachers and how you need to contend for the faith. He makes it crystal clear. Salvation is important. This is more important that you understand there are false teachers sitting in the pews and we need to contend for the faith. And I, I direct people to that so that they know the importance, how important it is to fight for the truth of God's word Right. And then be preserved, not changed, not twisted, not made into progressive whatever. It be kept as it is and preached, and God's truth be revealed. Exactly, and and and, and you know that that's this is something that's been going on since since create creation of Christianity. I mean, it's been going on since the church was created before the church was created, as I just said about Balaam. 
it, it has been going on for years and generations and generations. It's not a new thing. But the Bible also tells us that when we get closer and closer to the return of Christ, we are going to see this more and more. And that's where we are today. We are seeing more of this because we are getting closer to Jesus's arrival. And when Jesus, is, Jesus comes back, Satan has, he has no hope anymore. He knows the game's over. He's only going to be here seven more years, and then he's going to be thrown into the pit of hell. So he is going to do everything he can to destroy the church before Jesus comes. And this is where, if we don't know the word, we get in trouble. And, and you know, and we twist things. Like Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5, he talks about, he came to preach and, and, and the testimony of God, not with lofty, lofty speech, not with clever speech, not with smooth talking people. He came plain and simple to tell them about the word of God. His testimony showed that. And he said that we are to be, um, we are to be, where's this, where's my thing that I wanted to say? He says, I come with trembling and speech. My message were not plausible words of wisdom, but demonstrations of the spirit and power, so that faith might not rest in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. We we look at Paul and we go, you know, we look at this passage and we go, so we need we need to be straightforward with people, not beating around the bush. So many churches today has taken another part of Paul's message where he talks about being um, being for all people, the scripture being the you know being able to bring in all people and talk to all people no matter what who they are, Jew, Gentile, he has the same message, and we want to bring them in and get them the message, and we have compromised and and turned that word around to mean that we need to be compromising we need to be be uh, accommodating to everyone no matter who they are what they're doing and we need to bring them in and, and get them in here because we need to to give them the word you know so we compromise one of the things that I think one of the most dangerous things in the last 20 years that we've had in the church was a seeker-sensitive movement. Um, I kind of agree with that. I, because I, 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 I think that is that is one of the most dangerous things we have we have brought in. Because we are supposed to be seeker-sensitive. Every church is supposed to be seeker-sensitive meaning that we should be going out seeking people to bring them in. Um, but we do not need to compromise our beliefs in the process. And I, 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 I'm going to be 100% honest. I used to be a part of a seeker-sensitive... Uh, Me too. <laughs> um, and it's not that they watered down 
at least the one I was at, watered down the message. They just, what's the word that I could say? Uh, they use very careful words to present it so as not to offend, so as to be more appealing to those who are seeking. Um, and while I can, I can, I can understand that. I think by doing that, uh, it may have done some damage to some. And again, understand it. Not saying anything against seeker-sensitive churches. I think the more important thing is to be biblically based, one hundred percent all the time. Right. Uh, definitely not watered down. And even I, I, I mean, even I do this now. I still one hundred percent. Here's what the Bible says. Uh, I'm not trying to offend you, but I'm going to use the language the Bible uses and say what the Bible says. Yeah. And, just, and, and I think that's that's part of the part of the issue, though, is that we don't want to offend anyone. Yet sin is offensive. So we need to call out sin, whether it's your next door neighbor in your family or anywhere. We need to call that sin out. Does that mean we hate the person because we call them out? You know, um, I, I, I made an, a, a statement on this past Sunday that people, the church seems to be okay with the fact that people live together anymore. You don't have to be married, just live together. And that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that marriage is a very sacred thing and that that is what is needed in order to be cohabitating together. Um, I know several people that are living that way now. Does that mean I don't like them? No, I love them. I have family members who are in different lifestyles that are definitely a sinful lifestyle. But I call their sin out, but I call it out with love and with with graciousness, and hope that I can be an example of God's love to them, even though. I don't agree with what they're doing. I can't support what they're doing. I'm not going to just turn my back on them and say, I'm done with you. Well, I, 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 I think that's one of the false teachings that because the church has swung in pendulums, mm -hmm. right? So they went, oh, we've got to be very seeker sensitive. Uh, and that was a result from the total opposite of where they were saying, oh, um, if you are in a lifestyle that's opposed to uh, the body of Christ and you know someone in your family, your neighborhood or community, cut them off. You can't talk to them. You can't. I would call that equally a false teaching because it Absolutely. is not in the word of God. So when we do things like that, that's I think and I can't, you know, history, all that stuff. But I think that's where we ended up swinging the other way is we've got to refute that. All those people who said, cut them off, you can't talk to them. They swung the whole other way and said, let's just be seeker sensitive and 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 kind of softer and not call it out. And uh, and then now you're swinging back the other way to where there are churches again. Uh, 
<clears throat> and I've seen videos of this that breaks my heart where pastors are stopping their sermons because they see someone that maybe looks like they're in another lifestyle. They will call them out in the middle of the sermon and embarrass them and ridicule yeah. them and all this stuff. And, and we're going, again, that's a false preaching because nowhere right. is, is, that, is that what the Bible calls us to do. And we talked about that in either last or the one before that. So, yeah, yeah I mean, there, there are ways to do it. I mean, but there, there are teachers, prominent pastors. That don't even believe the Bible anymore. They don't believe that the Bible is true. And that is that is becoming very dangerous to um, a lot of people. They're leading a lot of people to hell. There's one prominent pastor. His father was a prominent pastor. And his father was loved by many. And uh, this pastor says... You can't, the, the Old Testament, you don't need anything to do with it. It's just full of stories and history. Um, you only need to worry about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John because they were the only eyewitnesses to Jesus' ministry. So those are the only books we are concerned about. And it's okay because God created you to be what you are. So if you are gay, God created you to be gay. And he actually has one of his, he's a campus, he has many campuses in his ministry. And he actually has a drag queen pastor for one of his campuses to support and encourage that lifestyle. That, my friends, is a false teacher. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And this is one of the things that Jude talks about which is again why short quick easy read yeah. talks about that they will deny the grace of god these mm -hmm. false preachers uh the grace of god that that god extends to all of us his forgiveness that we don't deserve they do it for a license for immorality which we're seeing throughout many false teachers you can live how you want do what you want uh and as you just creating whole congregations devoted to living those immoral lifestyles and they deny Jesus Christ. Uh, there are many of them that deny the resurrection was real. They say it was just an analogy. Some of them even deny he existed. They say that it's just a story about what's good and what's evil and what's right and what's wrong. So we're seeing that, you know, kind of played out, um, not just in our lifetime, but throughout the life of the church. And a lot of these false teachers also will say that Satan isn't real. Satan is a symbol of evil. He wasn't a real, he wasn't a real created being because God would never create evil. And that's what they that's what they claim is God would never create evil. So he could not have created Satan. And, and what if you go back and you look at Satan, just take Satan, for example, and you take him out of the equation. Why do we need Christ? Sorry, my puppy is going crazy over That's here. That's okay. But yeah, yeah. So what do uh, what do you recommend? Uh, a couple of things people can do if they suddenly find themselves like, I shouldn't say suddenly, because people that have been 
preaching these false teachings, have been doing it for a while. Well, if they suddenly, they listen to this podcast, they go back to their congregation on Sunday, and they start hearing things like, hmm, that doesn't quite sound right. Or, wait, you just said this, you know, read this verse in the Bible, but then you twisted it to say something else. What are some things that they should do? I think the first thing they need to do, <laughs> surprise, big, big spoiler alert here, pray about it. <laughs> <laughs> ask God, ask God to make sure that they heard it right. Did I really hear? Go back if they have, if they're live streamed or if they, they videotape or YouTube, whatever, go back and listen to that again. Make sure you have your facts. Get into the word. Find it where you're, where you believe this mistake has happened. Then approach the pastor and ask him, say, you know, I'm having a real hard time with this. What you said on Sunday, is this, is this what this really means? And if you can't get a good answer, then maybe it's time to start looking for the Bible teaching church. And I know that's hard. Well. I think one of the one of the most I, I I one of the most important things to start off with is what you said to start off with is make sure you heard that correctly. Yeah. Because I have had numerous times where people came up and said, Did you actually say? And I'm like, where did you hear that? And 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 either they were listening to weren't listening to everything, they were listening to a part of what I said, or you know, they're sitting in a congregation, they're looking on their phone, do whatever, and they only hear the last part of the sentence or something, or they mm -hmm. come back out of the bathroom and sit down, and then they hear just this one part and miss the whole explanation. And they're like, did you really say that? I was like, no, that's that's actually not what I said. Right. Uh, I think it's very key. Make sure that you heard correctly before you, you know, get all puffed and puffed and like, I got to leave this church there. Right. So that, that is so key uh, yeah, as yeah. is, you know, definitely pray about it and then um, respectfully approach your pastor. And I think you yeah. worded it great. Um, I'm having trouble with what you said about this first. I'm, I'm not quite understanding uh, what you meant, or I don't, I can't, I'm unable to reconcile what this says with what you said. Can you, can you help me understand? And a lot of pastors will be willing to sit down and share with you boldly. Oh, here's what I meant. Here's what I said. Uh, even the ones that are preaching false truths, because they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll tell you right off the bat. And, and I will tell you this, that if a pastor says, no, I don't want to sit down and discuss this with you. Don't waste your time anymore. I would agree 100%. I mean, just cut your losses and go. Yeah. Um, because that that's not someone who, to me, that's someone who knows they're teaching false doctrine. And, and to me, it's someone don't who don't want to be approached. To me, it's someone who doesn't understand what their job is because we're there to preach and teach the word of God and to shepherd the flock. Exactly. If they don't want to expound on their teaching and they don't want to shepherd the flock. They don't understand what their job is. Waste your time. Yeah, exactly. And then I think also something else we can do 
you said you weren't going to harp on this, but I am. Get into the word of God yourself. Yes. Get into the word of God yourself. Ask the Holy Spirit before you even open, guide me through this chapter. Give me your insight into it. And I, Now, I'm not saying that he's going to come and he's going to whisper into your ear everything that it's in there because he's not. He doesn't do that with pastors. But he's going to lay us on our heart what the truth of that is. And that's how we come up with our ideas and our, our views. Um, and there's so many tools out there today that are available to the Bible, there's no excuse for no one being able to read the Bible today. None whatsoever. I mean, there's Bibles on, on tape. There's Bibles that you can download that will read the verses for you. There's Bibles that, that are out there that you can follow along as they read. There's so many tools. Just start listening or reading the word um and and make sure it's a good version a good translation um stay away from the message um stay away from anything that's paraphrased because you're not going to get the truth um there are some very good bibles out there translations out there um and if you want some suggestions on that. I'm sure Floyd and I can give you those um, at any time, but um, make sure it's a good translation. And I will say this, um, and I'm going to try to reword it so that I don't get as much pushback as I got before when I posted this online. Um, devotionals and memes and all those kind of things do not replace reading the Bible. Uh, they're great to get, help you get an understanding of a book, but it doesn't replace reading because a devotional, and I've written multiple devotionals, like four or five, and that's the author giving a perspective on a book or a series of passages. It's not God revealing his truth. Here is what I want you to know. So they are great. Uh, to help you understand something. They are great to kind of expand your knowledge on something. They do not replace reading the word of God. Do not say, oh, well, I read, I a lot of people, I read what so-and-so wrote in the Bible app. It sends me, you know, what all these different authors say yeah. about these verses every day. That's great. That's not reading the word of God. That's reading what that author said. That right. is not reading the word of God. And I will tell people, I wrote devotionals. My devotionals, don't read them instead of the word of God. Exactly. In fact, if you're reading a devotional, you should go back to the word of God to say, is this true? Or is Floyd just, you know, going on, or any, whoever wrote that devotional, uh, is it biblically accurate? It That's why... And that's why most devotionals, good devotionals, will put the whole scripture in context reference there so that you can go back and read the whole context. And, and that's important is to read the Bible in context. 
Yeah, that is definitely important. That's also contributed to a lot of, um, and I hate to say this, but I'm going to, never mind. I won't bring that up. I don't know. That's a whole other argument, but there's so many <laughs> divisions. A lot of the divisions that are in the body of Christ are because people don't read the Bible in context. Right. So they I mean, walk we can... away with weird understandings of stuff. We can pick we can pick and choose verses from the Bible to support anything we want it to support. We really can. Yeah. And uh, even to the abortion. We you know, we can we can we can pick it and say, hey, Bible says back in the old testament and you know that we are to kill our firstborn, you know, or whatever. You know, we're only to have a certain amount of kids. Um, we can get it to say whatever we want. But if you're reading the Bible, truly want to read the Bible, get in it and start reading it and read it in context. And I would also suggest a, a pen and a pad of paper beside you so that you can write down something that comes across that you say, well, I wonder what that really means. Go back and do a deeper study in that portion. Um, that's part of the problem with false teachers and false um, doctrines and, and, and just Christians in general. We've gotten away from knowing what the Word of God says, we don't know God. And, and the only way to know God is to read what God wrote to us. And if we're not reading what he wrote to us, then we'll never understand who God is. Yeah, and I would add at, one, at some point on your spiritual journey, you should progress. I'm not saying you have to, but it should be a natural progression from just reading the Word of God to actually studying the Word of God. Yeah. Reading the word of God, there are atheists. Uh, Satan has read the word of God. He does not study the word of God. Uh, and, and atheist professors that read the word of God, they yeah. don't study the word of God. There is a difference. Satan knows the word of God better than we do. To be honest, he knows the word of God better than most Christians. Yeah. And that's why it's so easy to bring this false teaching. And that's what Peter was was warning them about. He says, Satan has all these little clever things that he does. There's enough truth in what he's saying to get you hooked and to say that makes sense. And and there will come a day, it's not our our you know our job to do this, but there will come a day where God will hold all of those false teachers accountable. Uh, they will see, just like he said in Deuteronomy, uh, false prophets are to be put to death, and he yeah. will uh, handle that for all of the false teachers, just like the people of Israel did with Balaam. Um, that is their end result. Both, I think, Peter and Jude lay that out specifically. Their destruction was foreordained. It's, 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 it is going to happen. Uh, right. Our job now is not to try to bring them down our job now is to try to bring the truth of god's word up into the light and make it more relevant 
uh, more prevalent, not relevant. It's already relevant, more prevalent uh, so that it's taught more, talked about more than the false teachings that are being thrown yeah. out. And I, and I will say also that we need to get back to recognizing sin. Um, if the Bible says it's sin, it's sin. That means the little white lie. That means going 58 and 55 mile an hour speed zone. That means cheating on your taxes. I mean, there's nothing that we can, anything that goes against God's word is sin, period. And, you know, Jesus even made comment about when, in, um, where was it? Thinking. Where does he talk about being the vine and the branches and true freedom? On John 13, 14, 15, somewhere around there. Somewhere around there. He, he says, he says, if you want to be my disciples, he says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He says, my word will dwell in you. And, he's, you know, you need to be a slave, my word. And the Jews um the, the Jews came along after Abraham said, I don't understand this slavery thing because we weren't slaves. We weren't part of the, the Egyptian slave thing. So how can we understand that? And, and Jesus says, anyone who sins is a slave to sin. And the only way you can be free from that sin is that Believe in Jesus Christ because only the Son can set you free, and then you will be free indeed. And and the only way we know that freedom, and the only way we know who the Son is, to get into the Word of God and learn about Him. So yeah, I, I'm sorry, Floyd. I'm dwelling on the getting into the Word of God thing, but no, that's, no, that's 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 the whole key. I mean, if we if we want to if we want to learn about false teachers and how to stay away from them, then we need to be real Christians and not false Christians. Just because, and I put this on Facebook this week, so I stole it from somebody else, but just because you go to church and you sit in church and call yourself a Christian doesn't mean that you're a Christian. You have to, have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you want to fight against false teachers, understand it's not going to be an easy fight. You may be the only one in your church that stands up and says, this is the wrong way. This is what the Bible says. And I know, I hate to say this because you just said, you know, stay away from the uh the message version uh i will refer to it from time to time and i will say it's a paraphrase this isn't a literal translation but it says it in a way that most people can understand and i'll reference uh a verse of i do the same thing yeah uh and i think it's uh i'm saying if you're if you're if you're if you're looking study the word of god don't study a paraphrase yeah uh wholeheartedly agree with that uh but uh i 
I want to just share this from the message version. Um, because in Jude chapter three, this is what <laughs> chapter three, Jude verse three, it's only one chapter. The message version says this, uh, rather than, Hey, you know, I wanted to write to you about salvation, but instead, uh, I want to write to you about the false teachers and how you should contend for the faith. In the message version, it says, dear friends, I've dropped everything to write you about this life of salvation that we have in common. I have to write insisting, begging that you fight with everything you have in you for this faith entrusted to us as a gift to guard and to cherish. I mean, that that's a that's the message version. It's not a translation, but it gets across the message that Jude was trying to say that we need to fight with everything we have for the faith to protect and preserve the word of God, to make sure that it isn't being made into progressive this, it isn't being watered down, it isn't being changed, it isn't being chopped off, it isn't being shortened, but that it's being preached and proclaimed with boldness by God's people throughout God's uh, houses of worship. So, um, yeah. and, and I agree with that wholeheartedly. And, 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 and that is an example of where the message, some of the other translations can be used because it brings it out. The New King James says very similar wording to that, but um, it's some, something that if you don't know the truth, you know, you, you may be misled by something else that's in the message. Because they're not going to give you verse by verse, they're going to give you a paraphr parap paraphrased version of it. Yeah, um, so I'm going to add this because I, I had someone reach out to me uh, probably earlier this week and ask about that because there are a lot of people who even having it read just the language what's being communicated uh, in, in the bible uh there is probably um many i mean new king james you mentioned english standard version uh not the message but there's one called the contemporary english bible which it's still a translation, but it's in plain everyday language. Um, New Living Translation is a good one. Yeah. Uh, so the, the, there are translations that you can read that will do that um, and make it easier for people to understand. But when you get to those concepts and those things that are difficult to understand, um, here's what I'm going to recommend. Go to church. That's what pastors do. We sit there and we explain and proclaim the word of God so that you can be equipped to go out and use it to do whatever God has called you to do. Go to church, yeah. ask your pastor. Hey, pa and I get people that say, hey, I'm having problems with this book. Are you going to be preaching on that anytime soon? Um, and we just had this happen. Someone, I had a discussion with someone that said, I'm having a difficulty with understanding how we how do we reconcile the anger we have at God for all the suffering we see? How do we deal with that? I mean, are we wrong if we're, we want to yell or scream or be mad at God for allowing all this? And I was like, hey, that's a good point. And she said, maybe you should add that to the sermon topic you're doing, where you're talking about all these things that the church should be talking about more. And I said, you know what? I'll add that to the end. Uh, so we'll get to that at the end of August. 
But then the next day and the next day and the next day, I had different people message me the similar question. I was like, okay, God, I see that maybe this is something we need to do now. So I did it last week. I interrupted what I had planned and did it and responded to it. And if you have questions and say, hey, how do we deal with this? Or I'm having a problem understanding this, or this isn't clear in God's word. Go let your pastor know, because most of them, if they don't answer it in a sermon, uh, they can go to and, you know, I don't, depending on how they do their teaching series or whatever, uh, they'll be happy to address it or be happy to sit down and say, hey, um, don't know that I'll do a sermon series on this, but let's let's go have coffee and let me share with you. Here is what the word of God says. So yeah. go and 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 Asher, that's what we're here to do. We're here to preach and proclaim the word of God and to shepherd the people of God and equip them to do whatever God has called them to do. So crypto, stop. Uh, so yeah, go ask your pastor if you're having difficulty reading through or say, hey, if you're not going to do a sermon on it, would you be interested in doing a Bible study on the book of blah? Because I'm having problem, the book of this, the book of Leviticus. Having problem, it yeah. just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, that's great. Let's do a Bible study on it, blah, 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 or, you know, would something like that. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I, I, that's, that's, um, and, and I, I often tell, that's what I tell people, is that, hey, you don't understand it. Maybe I don't understand it either. Let's read it together and let's understand it together. Um, but I will tell you that we still need to be careful with doing that because there are people that still will put something in that's not supposed to be there. Um, Peter, for example, Second Peter chapter 3, I'm just working this on my sermon now. Verse, th uh, verse 12 says, um, as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. How can our lives speed the coming of God? How can our lives speed the coming of Christ? Peter doesn't tell us. He just leaves it alone after that statement. He doesn't tell us what will speed it up. And if we try to intervene and interact and, and put some inject something in there, make it sound like we know what it means to make the Lord come quickly, then we're, we are wrong. We're in the wrong place at the wrong time. And that's what I'm even saying in my sermon Sunday. I have learned not to interject and not to elaborate on something that the Bible doesn't reveal to us. So that is one another way we can look false teachers if they are elaborating on something that's not in the bible and they're elaborating on their own mind and not the word of god i will add this to only because i had it happen to me and it made me so angry but i let it go at the time if they are changing what the word of god says like and i'm not going to use a specific verse out of the Bible, because if I do, it will cause more controversy. But if the Bible says A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and they say, hey, where it says G, that's not what it's meant. It's meant A, B, C, D, E, F, one, two, three. Yeah. And if they change that, 
that's false teaching because granted there are certain words in the bible and i'll do this too hey hey this is the word in the greek uh here's how we use that word today that's one thing right and here's how that word is used today or here's how that word is used then but if they're totally taking out that word and putting in a whole other word that the author did not use did not intend to be communicated that's changing the word of god yeah and that's false teaching absolutely 100 percent agree yeah i think we've uh we've beat that one to <laughs> to death so uh why don't you pray for us and we will wrap up this episode of the podcast okay. father thank you once again for your word thank you for giving us uh, as believers the ability to um, watch out and to be on guard for false teachers, uh, false teaching, false doctrine. Thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit that dwells inside of us to, to, to give us that insight. Help us to be bold about pointing out false teachers. Help us to be bold about spreading the truth of your word and not just portions, the entire word of God. You've given it to us for our enlightenment, our knowledge, our, our growth. So we ask you to help us use it to grow closer you and to be more and more like Jesus every day. Thank you once again for this podcast and for the ability to, to just share our thoughts. And we ask that you just be with us now. Bless us and give us your peace and your strength in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.